Welcome to Fit Facts Online Cut the Poll. Our tagline speaks for itself. Your roadmap to facts versus poll. We think about it often and shake our heads. Now is the time to grab the bull by its horns. Let's do this together. Our pulpit meter is ready to go. Welcome back to a great episode to uh, Fit Facts Online. I'm telling you guys, everybody's going to be excited. We have a great guest here, Raul Arcos. Thank you for coming in. Thank you, Harry. Glad to be here. How old were you when you started all this? 14. I was actually a big-time soccer player before I entered high school and uh, decided to join cross-country to stay in shape for soccer and then later found out that I was handed a I was getting handing out a uniform and uh, I didn't know what to do, obviously, and they said, what is this for? And they told me like, oh, this is for your race. So, surely enough, I did my first race, found out that I was good, and by the end of the, the first cross-country season, I was varsity, and the rest was history there. Before you played, I heard you played soccer. Yes. Yeah, yeah I was played soccer most of my life. Which, uh, by the way, soccer, average soccer player spends about five or six miles per game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was right. 14-year-old uh, playing with 18, 19-year-olds. So I was playing nice. with the big boys. Yeah, there you go. That's how you do it. And then you got really into uh, running more and more. You did track and uh, yeah, from I did. The, you turned from the track to long distance. Where did it start that uh, interest for long distance started kicking in? Uh, it was after sophomore year. So I was varsity uh, all four years of cross-country and track. And then uh, I was going through a growth spurt my sophomore year during soccer season, which carried on to track season. And didn't improve that much from freshman year. And then finally really started shining my junior year after, um, yeah, after during track. It was during track where I really started to shine, ran a 417 mile. And yeah, from there I decided that, you know, this is gonna be what I wanna do. And senior year, I uh, didn't do soccer, so I only focused on cross-country and track. And right after cross-country season ended my senior year, I um, focused all my efforts on track and became one of the fastest in school history. Uh, actually, the fastest in the mile and 800, and I missed it by one second. So, yeah, I was number two in the state and number four in the nation for the 1600, running a 407.49. That's a great story. So we're talking about uh, Raul Arcos when he started all the way to the point when he really became interested in doing the long distance, started from speed. You came from speed yes. and that's maybe also the reason why you are super fast running uh, full marathons. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So after high school, I got a full ride scholarship to my college. I only competed there for three years and went to the professional level with Nike Team Run LA. Okay, that's how it started. Yeah. And then from there, they told me I had all the track standards, and they wanted to see if I actually could get a road standard, which was uh, running a half marathon under 70 minutes. Mm -hmm. And I only trained for a month for it, and I ran 109.22. So. 109.22. Yeah, okay. it, was, it hurt. <laughs> I had blood blisters on the bottom of my feet, couldn't walk normal. And then four days or five days later, I ran an 8K and ran 24.30. and never broke 25. <laughs> right but uh you were determined from that point on and you just yes. kept going yep yep i did so the whole history when it comes to raul arcos as a turning into a pro long distance runner really 
it started you came from from the speed background yes. you know almost like a, a little bit of soccer yeah. you had functional training experience and you came to the track and from the track you turned it into uh, the roads the roads yep. and uh, the success speaks for itself you know uh, we have uh, just a month and a half ago you finished the uh, OC marathon first place I did yeah and uh, what to do what not to do sometimes mm -hmm. and uh, you did a few a uh, couple half marathons right you won a couple half marathons I have yes uh, that was my last training cycle uh, that was a 30-week training cycle leading up to CIM so uh, first one was Santa Barbara uh, seven weeks into training uh, the what I, I won the first two so Santa Barbara ran 111 no 112 and won that one then six or seven weeks later I ran Camarillo half won that one from the gun as well and ran 109.59 by myself. And then about five weeks later after that, I ran the Long Beach half and ran 111. Yeah. By the way, I don't know if you know that that's super fast. <laughs> I'm just sitting here, just looking at some of the stats and uh, this is crazy, so impressive. Uh, any type of uh, different uh, training uh, routine you would... Uh, you would uh, credit uh, to your success or do you think you firmly believe that it whatever works for you doesn't work for anybody else for leading up to cim i did a lot of more gym stuff and really focused on making sure that you know i was going out there with 110 percent effort even on the recovery days to making sure i actually listened to my body to making sure that i was fully recovering for the next right. workout so yeah. uh, so you you think that definitely you agree that recovery is a big part of oh yeah. success the recovery is just performance as important. Yeah. just the, as important as performance mm -hmm. yeah very important good. to understand for anybody out there listening that's coming from a pro runner somebody who finishes uh first place in marathons that recovery is equally as important uh, as uh, the training I 100% as an exercise physiologist agree because without the right recovery your performance is going to suffer it's just the way it works yeah you know? Yeah. And there's going to be times where your recovery pace should be maybe seven minutes, but then you don't feel up to it. So sometimes even eight minutes is, is okay. And not only that, right, Raul, you would agree to that, that recovery is always different because your body sometimes changes, yep. you know, and, yep. and that's the only one way to give you the optimum recovery is to pay attention to your body yep. because not every week is the same. Again, uh, you know, the cool thing about this is we have a pro runner here and uh, it's a great way of uh, educating anybody out there who is inter interested in getting faster, mm -hmm. you know, uh, training for qualifying for something or just just running for fun. You need to really pay attention to yourself because the individual is what makes the success. Yes. You know, mm -hmm. and uh, coach helps. Oh, yeah. You know, but uh, you need to find a coach who pays attention to the individual and not puts like a whole group together in a cookie cutter basket. And uh, that's how it is, because yeah. that's not how it works. Oh, yeah. No, every every person's different. And the you know, you got to find what works for you, because once you start paying attention of what what's working for you, then your mind starts to change. Your body starts to change and really making it to a point where it's OK. I've experimented, this what works for me, this doesn't work for me. And then from there, it's just like, how could we utilize those experiences and see, hey, maybe more track workouts or, you know, right. it's what works for you. So then, okay, how could we input that into the training to making sure that we get the best, you know, 
version of yourself. So I really agree with that. So. Yeah, um, your mindset is very important, yes. right? Mm -hmm. That's uh, sometimes a big part of uh, success. Yeah. To me, uh, it's hard to understand how that works, but uh, you definitely can explain it. What does it feel like when you're at mile 25 and uh, you know there's nobody in front of you? Yeah, and that's the thing that, you know, once you're out there by yourself and you you got to start really talking to yourself in a way where it's, okay, I've done the training uh, before, you know, so everything that I've done up to this point yeah. is paying off right now, right here in right. this moment. So usually in the marathon, mile 20 is when the race starts. So either if you're in the front or you're in with the pack, you got to tell yourself, okay, 6.2 miles, miles to go. What do I got in the tank? You know, and from there, you got to really challenge yourself and just really believe that, okay, I can go faster. I can go faster, even though you're hurting. Right. Down, yeah. You're hurting. You're like, okay, you know, don't doubt yourself because everything that you do is for this specific day. And, you know, you got to just stay mentally strong, tell yourself you can do it and keep going forward. What's uh, the great Raul's routine before he gets ready for a big race? Like the day before or the day of or? Well, let's start. Uh, let's start with the week before. Uh, I mean, obviously, we know about training that you are pretty much uh, in every day kind of. Yeah. So the week before is usually when I'm in the taper phase mm -hmm. and the taper phase would just be more uh, focusing on getting the body refreshed right less miles but the intensity still stays the same mm -hmm. so it would basically look like monday would be easy miles tuesday would be the last just to keep the the quick twitch and the you know the legs turning over uh wednesday would be more of the recovery and thursday would be uh well depending on what day the race is and then it'd be thursday would be um Easy miles again, Friday off, and then Saturday easy shakeout run plus some strides and then get ready for Saturday. So you definitely have your routine yes. and uh, it's probably safe to say that uh, everybody has a different one. Yeah, yeah. everyone has a different yeah. one. You just know what works for you. Obviously, yeah. you figured it out because uh, your stats speak for itself. Yeah. So I think that's really cool to uh, be able to use that and pass it on. And also tell people that now you need to take this and make it work for you. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm giving you the idea of how certain things work and certain things you can pass on and teach and certain things you need to figure out yourself as an individual. Yeah. And there's yeah. still always room for improvement. So I'm still, you know, finding ways to see, okay, what can work for me to, to get me to the next level? Yeah. You know, really, if I want to get this two hour, 19 minutes or faster for Chicago in October, then I'm really experimenting, you know, with what's working for me, what's going to make me better and in the long run, trust that it's going to help. Right. Speaking of Chicago, you're getting ready for Chicago, yes. right? And yep. that's going to be your, uh, that's a big one. Yeah. Because it's, it's, we're a, talking it's a world about major. It's a qualifier. And, yeah. It's a qualifier right. for hopefully for the Olympic trials. And what time uh, do we need to do on that one? Two hours and 19 minutes or faster. Just wanted to make sure that we're on the same page here. <laughs> yes. So 219, okay, or faster. Okay, I think it's doable. It I'm is. just looking at you. <laughs> yeah. I'm just sitting here. It's like, jeez. <laughs> so uh, I think you can do it uh, because uh, you have the mindset already of a winner, which is part of winning, to be honest. Uh, there's a certain type of mindset that just allows you to just give it the extra 10%. Yes. 
And there's a certain type of mindset that just like, you know, uh, that doesn't, uh, I can't do this anymore. Bum, bum, bum. The, the mind is very powerful. So anybody trying to uh, train for something or qualify or get faster, I think uh, it's equal as important as nutrition and the training itself is your mindset. Oh, yeah, definitely. 100% agree. Yeah. And uh, speaking of that, how much you think is nutrition when you get ready a week before you, uh, since we've been talking about a week before a big race? Uh, it's very important. You want to make sure that you're hydrating properly, you know, getting the right foods in your system, getting ready to go for, for race week. You know, that's basically what it is. It's race week. From there, you want to make sure that, you know, you do everything that you have been doing and you don't want to add more stress to the body. And that's what people make sometimes the mistake of, oh, I have to do more crunches or push-ups or I have to get ready for, for this this week. And it's like, no, really, you know, you've put in the work. You know, you what I like to say is that, you know, every workout that you do, you're depositing it in the bank and then come race day, you're cashing out. Got it. Yeah. So you want yeah. to make sure that you're not adding anything that's going to, you know, hurt you. So doing more crunches or or adding more stress to the body yeah. is not going to help you. You want to make sure that you're ready to go come race week. So don't add anything, you know, keep your on top of your nutrition. And it all comes down to what works for you. You know, you got to find what, what foods you eat, uh, settles well with your stomach. You want to make sure that you're hydrating just so you Well don't. said, yeah. Yeah, you don't want to make sure that you're, you know, over drinking water, uh, but you want to make sure you're eating properly, sleeping well, hydrating right, stretching, foam rolling, ice baths, getting ready for the whole, the whole big day, you know, so. Now, Roll, I have certain questions uh, I'm going to ask for the audience. I okay. know that a lot of people have it on their mind and uh, it's a great way of having a chance to ask somebody who actually won a marathon and had the experience of just like crossing it by wow i'm the first right mm -hmm. we know a little bit about the routine we know about your uh, a little bit of your story how you got to that point now i have a few questions and we're going to just flat out uh, you know figure out if that's true based on what you do because it's a great example to use you your results speak for itself yeah how important do you think are shoes to you it's very important um, you know, you got to have your different variations of shoes. So there's your training shoes, which those are for your easy recovery, mm -hmm. warm up, and, uh, and then you have your racing flats. So you use different, uh, shoes for, for the race than you use for the training? Yes. Yes. Okay. So usually my trainers are for easy runs, recovery runs, or even warm ups, And then if it's like track or a workout it depends on the shoes so are they the same brand yes okay yeah yeah you so, think that's important um you gotta find what works for you yeah, i usually yeah, yeah. wear the same brand and i found what works for me and um it's been great uh it's a really great uh way to uh let me explain something and i'm so glad raul mentioned that uh, that like I said, uh, your result speaks for itself. And there's a lot of, it's a huge market when it comes to the shoes and mm -hmm. telling people, you cannot do this, you cannot switch this, you need to run with this shoe, you know, with this shoe. When your body is really trained well and you do everything right, it's amazing what you can get away with when it comes to, first of all, with shoes. Yeah. Because I see it this way. If it's a race car and the race car is not working well because the frame is off mm -hmm. and on top of it you're putting some cr crappy gasoline in that car 
how important do you think the tires are? It's important. Everything's important. But when it comes to it, uh, if you think about it, that it doesn't matter how many times you change the tires. If the frame is off and you're put using a shitty ga gasoline, yeah. then that's how I related to the shoes. Yeah. What I just got out of you is exactly what I'm trying to prove with... I'm 100% a big believer that you should get the right shoe and everything. Mm -hmm. But I think people overthink that how to choose the shoes. To me, I see that people think the shoe is the more important, the most important the component mm -hmm. of the whole running uh, yeah. training and everything. And that's not right. That's that's wrong. Yeah. yeah. You know. And I don't know if it's the market uh, teaching uh, this because it's uh, a money a thing you know uh, but if you go anywhere what's everybody has shoes 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 in their mind do you do any cross training you do any uh, uh stretching you do any foam rolling do you do any speed training all of this we're not talking about shoes mm -hmm. we're talking about mechanics and running and that's how you got to the point where you're that great yeah i mean if you really think about it it's your shoes did not take you to those two grades uh you were a part of a package yeah mm -hmm. right yeah And uh, I don't like those advertisings when I say the shoe is everything. It's not. I mean, uh, you know, Raul yeah. is the one who made it happen. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's so. a, yeah, no, I get where you're coming from. And I, I I'm really passionate that. about that because <laughs> I think it's the biggest business that's a misconception when it comes to running. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's it's a great way to keep you healthy. Yeah. You know, and making sure that, uh, <clears throat> you know, when it comes to race day, you got the right shoe to making sure that you, you finish the race. You know, and right. also, um, yeah, all the hard work that you put in is definitely coming from you because it's you yeah. who is putting in the work. You're the one who's going out there. Uh, you know, just it happens. The shoes are well part said, of the, the you know, package. Uh, just uh, before we get into uh, another question I have uh, really quick. I had a, a client of mine. He was a beast when it comes to functional training. Mm -hmm. And uh, he just out of the blue wanted to enter a 10K because It was part of his training, so I might as well just run one. So he ran a 5.45 mile, okay. you know, for his, for his 10K. Mm -hmm. And he ran with shoes where his toes were going through. His toes were showing. Huh. They were the crappiest. I, I, I couldn't even believe when I saw him. I said, what the hell? He said, yeah, I didn't have any other shoes because he, he didn't really have any money. Yeah. But he was one solid machine. And guess what? You know, he did an insane time for a tank. Yeah. So that just tells you that if you're really, if you got your body under control, it's amazing how you can get away with running with a crappy shoe. I actually turned him on to go to a running store with me, not mm -hmm. mentioning the store, because I work with them at, at this and I got a really good discount, got him brand new shoes. And he's like, oh my God, I felt so great. And he was like the happiest. <laughs> oh, But yeah. what I'm saying is performance wise, mm -hmm. it didn't make that much of a difference. He was he was running he was running in beast mode almost the same way with his crappy shoes than with his new shoes mm -hmm. you know yeah but in the long run his impact uh, zone you know uh, it was it, it was much healthier for his joints and you yeah, name it, it you was. know yep. when it comes to nutrition you can't get away with like the, away the, the same way because uh, nutrition is uh, you eat crappy and you're gonna die left a mile too because you eat some, you have some bad fuel yeah you can't get away with uh, winging it. Oh yeah, no. It's, you gotta find what works for you. Yeah. You know, I can't do a banana before a run. Like I just feel like I'm bloated. You know. No so banana I, for you. No, right? no banana. Just for bagel. Me. <laughs> What's that? A bagel? Maybe I have a bagel. Uh, usually I do a peanut butter toast or peanut butter bagel toast. with cream cheese. Okay. Yeah, before or at least race the 
that's on race day. Right, and after you win, then you eat whatever you want. Oh yeah, I reward myself. <laughs> yeah, you know, in and out, a good breakfast. <laughs> yeah. Nice. So, uh, uh, Raúl, I also wanted to introduce you into a, a, a category that uh, identifies you as coach, Raúl. Yes. Right, and you're very successful. I think everybody in LA knows you, and it's a great way to pass on some of your experience and. Uh, Your passion is to uh, educate and, and teach. Yes, yeah, right? I love giving back to the community. Anything else you would like to say when it comes to Raul Arcos, the athlete, long distance runner, uh, trying to qualify for uh, the Olympics? Yeah, just you know, you gotta keep moving forward. You know, you're gonna have good days, you're gonna have bad days, right? You know, and I usually tell my high school athletes, my middle school athletes that I coach, even the when it comes to coaching my my uh, my athletes in the running Lobos, is that, you know, what are you going to do tonight? What are you going to do differently tonight to come back stronger for tomorrow? Even though you have a yeah, bad Yeah, I like day, that. It's like, okay, what am I doing tonight to come back stronger? Foam rolling, icing, hydrating, sleeping well, stretching, you know, even jumping in the jacuzzi for 15 minutes to relax the muscles and stretch in there right. goes a long way. So, you know, just keep going. You're going to have good days. You're going to have bad days. And essentially, it's all in your control. So you control the outcome. Very true. And uh, to say at the end, I wanted to just mention that, uh, Raul, you have your whole uh, entourage. Mm -hmm. Like you have a group of people behind you. Yeah. From a massage to a, a running coach as well or just a conditioning? Uh, no, running coach. Running coach, yeah. okay. Yeah. So... He's lucky because of his success that you have the access to that. A lot of people don't. Yeah. So I think what you need to consider is that, listen, there's a difference between a running coach and there's a difference between a, a person who stands to understanding body mechanics to mm -hmm. its fullest. Yeah. And that's just the way it is. There's a difference between the dentist and there's a difference between the foot doctor. Yeah. You know, there's a difference between the guy who specializes in shoulders and anything. So you got to think about it this way. If you want to get information, you don't necessarily need to get, try to get it from one source oh, yeah. when you don't have the, the access to all of this cool yeah. stuff yet. Mm -hmm. So ask a little bit here. Ask coach about this, running techniques. Ask somebody who does something what I do. You know, anybody who has a degree in biomechanics to see what muscle groups actually help you mm -hmm. and what muscle groups are holding you back because they're overactive. Yeah. Because that kind of... Changes the way you are, it changes your stride, the way you run, the way you perform has a lot to do with muscle synergy. And sometimes you need somebody who understands your whole body to figure out what works for you. Yep. And uh, all you need to do is ask a question or walk up to somebody who does this for, for a living. And don't just walk up to somebody who looks like a, a great runner. And uh, that doesn't necessarily mean whatever works for that person, you can apply it to yourself. You know, so that's the smart way of doing it. And that leads us into a, a great way of, uh, if you can afford it, to actually join a group where you have a, a coach like uh, Coach Arcos. Yeah. And that's what we're going to talk about now. And uh, I look forward to ask a few questions I found online that I find uh, questionable. And I want to share that with the audience and see what you think. And uh, we're going to take it from there. Sounds good. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Fit Facts. And remember, if it doesn't make sense, 
ask questions. Yeah. 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 Yeah.